What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 116 of the Frame Skip podcast. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined by George. Mac Jones Loftus? <laughs> Is Mac Jones a thing? We're, I don't know what's going on with the he's, Patriots, to be honest he, with you. He's pretty bad this year. Uh, not, okay. a great, not a great year to uh, be holding on to Mac Jones stock, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, that's disappointing. That's yeah. disappointing. I'm also got, joined by Seth. Mr. Dragon Ball Z himself, Slake House. How's it going? It's first off, thank you. It's going well. Excellent. Second, when do we stop referencing it as Dragon Ball Z? I mean, we're we're past this era. That's it's true. Dragon Ball Mr. Super. Mr. Dragon now. Ball just, Super himself. I mean, yeah. I mean, the to be fair, the shirt I'm wearing is Dragon Ball Z. But you know, everyone just says Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z. It's well, you either call it Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Super because the era of Z is is far over with. You know. Let me just say, let me just say, they really they missed out with Super. They really could have just named it Dragon Ball Zuper, and then we would have, you know, would have been a natural successor to Z. Would have worked really well, really well. Just call it Dragon Ball Three. <laughs> I feel like it dates you. Like if you say Dragon Ball Z, you're of a very specific era. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you're like we were talking about. Like, oh, remember how cool was it when Batman beat up the Penguin? And you're like, oh, this guy's talking about Batman Returns very specifically. There is a really fun manga that came out called "That Time I Was Reincarnated as Yamcha." It's about a dude who dies in our world and gets reincarnated as Yamcha in Dragon Ball Z. Oh, that sucks. And it, it's a really fun manga. It's only, you know, 50 pages or something, but it's, it's Is this supposed to be like a riff on that one that's the same thing except it's reincarnated as a slime? I know that's that always pops up on my Crunchyroll. I don't know. That, I, I know people love that anime, but I, it was I too, know nothing about it. It was too... I tried watching it. It was too um, satirical for me. I didn't. I didn't like it. Speaking of satrical, we're also joined by Coach the Cowboys, Kyle Newman. What's up, George? Hey, Coach. Missed you, man. I got to talk Star Wars with Seth, and it felt so good. Uh, you guys talk, you talk Andor? Yeah, he hates it. I yeah, Seth it. loves it. Oh, it's inc- <laughs> it's incredible. It's such a good show. Seth's done. Oh, you like to it? Be, good. To be fair, I said I didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I showed up late to the uh, to the pre-recording. So. Just wanted to clarify. <laughs> right. He said, You're "Who not, gives not, a though. bleep about someone that we don't care about?" Yeah, and I did say that. Yeah, I said, I said he, things he that cares. cannot be repeated on the show. But out of respect of Austin, so. I will say bleep instead of saying okay, the bleep. real word. There you go. All Who right, gives we'll a just frick leave the about some freaking character that no one cares about? I I love Cassian Andor. I think he's a great character. Same. Did you think he was a great character in Rogue One? I did, yeah. I rest my case. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> you know what? I haven't been watching Andor, but I, I do want to watch it at some point. It's really good. You have to watch it. like three episodes at a time because yeah. like the it's broken into basically like three parts of a movie so is it done or is it still going two more finished. episodes oh i thought it finished last week damn that's good no, we still got two, more. two episodes okay well that was this has a been big... a longer one compared to the other yeah. shows 
there was a big event that happened last week, but I think we still, I think that was episode 10 and there's 12. Wow. Yeah. Is that, that might be the longest yeah. like Star Wars sh- Marvel show they've done yet, I think. What's well, the what's the next one? Right? Like when's the next time I can see a lightsaber? Mandalorian soon. Mandalorian season it? three. Yeah. Is it February, January? It's February. not that far off. Yeah. I can't wait. Why don't they just call it the Mandalorian subtitled Luke Skywalker? <laughs> 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 and we all know that's what it's gonna be. Well, it'll be a good time either way. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm glad you all are here this evening. Or maybe it's the daytime. Maybe it's the morning time for you listening. I don't know. But it's the evening for us. So imagine it's the evening for you as you're listening to this. Uh, 8.30 is not the evening. 8.30 is okay. nighttime. Okay. Yeah. That's your morning? That's your morning, Seth? So No. Right? Uh, what yes, is your morning? Normally, sort of. Well, see, I, I stopped staying up all night on my nights off because I felt like it was actually just killing me. So <laughs> now on my days off, I stay up all day and then i'll sleep at nighttime how in the world do you go from that to night shift back and forth without... with an immense amount of pain yeah okay which <laughs> is funny because you don't you don't like look tired you know and like you see a friend yeah. and you're just like jesus you look like life is just kicking your ass right now you don't look like life's got you in a headlock well sleep, sleep wise let me tell you something <laughs> You would be surprised. No. I, I've been up for I've been up for 28 hours right now. So, oh, nice. I can't do that. anymore. Some real energy for the show. I see. If you see me just keel over <laughs> in the middle of the show, that's why <laughs> I'm dead. Not sleeping. All right. So let's uh, let's kind of jump into our big topic this show. We're going to try something new this week. Jump right into our big topic. And this is certainly a big topic. I know we had a similar episode about this time last year and Thought it would be fun to revisit this because we've we've been in an interesting period when it comes to the, what do you want to say, next gen or current gen systems. I don't, I don't know where we're at with that terminology. I, I think it should be current gen, but so many people are still saying next gen. So, of course, I'm talking about the PS5 and Series X. And as of this month, pretty much as of this week, it'll have been two years since the release of both the PS5 and Series X and S. And so... I thought it would be fun to kind of revisit the past year, see where we're at, you know, talk about exclusives, talk about our thoughts on the systems overall over this past year and where we're at with both, well, technically with all three. And so I wanted to um, kind of start by talking about the sales numbers overall, because I think that's an important starting place. And just the overall availability. Now, the availability, I think, is going to be just a very subjective conversation. Because uh, I know we have we all have PS5s and Series Xs. But, Seth, I know you bought a PS5 recently, so you might have some interesting stuff to add to this. But uh, 25 million sold for the, the, the old PS5 as of September of this year. And then the Series X and Series S, about 7, seven 8 million behind at 17 to 18 million as of September. So it's lagging behind a little bit compared to the PS5. But I think the more interesting conversation here is the availability. So. Yeah, I mean, Seth, I, I wanted to ask you just from from your standpoint, well, how easy was it for you to get a PS5? I know you just got it, what, maybe two months ago? Yeah, so I decided as like a birthday treat to myself that I, I wanted to get a PlayStation 5. And I said it jokingly to my girlfriend, right? And I was like, you know, 
I'm, I'm gonna give myself a PlayStation Five for my girl for for my birthday. She looked at me and she's like, "Okay," and I was like, "Yeah, but imagine, you know." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I, I i started thinking about it and i started just being like yeah i'll just you know for fun let me look into it you know and then um i did and i actually put in for the amazon like wait list thing they had going on <clears throat> and i was like this is kind of lame and then someone I forget who it was right. It was like minutes before I think Austin or George, one of you posted that it was available from PlayStation direct. It was like right before that. Um, I, I bought it from PlayStation direct and yeah, it was a really easy process. It showed up. And uh, then a few weeks later, they started showing up in my, my Walmart like right now. Well, I don't know about right now, but as of like yesterday, when I walked to my Walmart, there was four of them in our display cabinet. So I know PlayStation ramped up production of uh, PlayStation fives this year, quite a bit in the second half of the year. So maybe that's just, they're finally hitting the market. Um, also, I know the resale values of PlayStation fives plummeted this year. So there's not as many scalpers grabbing them and um, throwing them on like eBay or whatever. So um, yeah, yeah. for me, it was, for me, it was super easy to get PlayStation five. It took me, the most minimal amount of work you can possibly imagine. Yeah. I was just curious kind of what, what it was like for you. Cause I, I mean, for me, when I got mine, I think I got mine in January of last year. So it would have been three or four months after release. And it was pretty tough. I think I had to be on the Best Buy website. I had like alerts set on my Twitter app on my phone for multiple Twitter accounts. And was just waiting and waiting and waiting and hoping I, you know, got the alert at the right moment and, and got on the second, that tweet went out and that's how I got mine. But no, I, I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen any in stores around here yet, but I haven't been looking necessarily. I have seen a few series X's and I've certainly seen a lot of series S's. Those things seem to be like widely available, but I I'll be curious to know how that changes after God of war. I wonder how many, how many PS fives that that game is going to sell. Oh, I wanted to pitch an idea to you guys that I, I've had floating around in my brain forever about this availability issue with this current generation, because it seems like it's like it's lasted too long. And also that the it, it coincidentally lined up with a feeling that a lot of people are having that these consoles didn't need to come out. Right. And what I'm wondering is if, because, you know, obviously Sony and Microsoft probably have the best, advisors in the world as far as like you know sales trends and whatnot and i'm wondering if one of the reasons for these issues is because obviously um the pandemic hit and they these these people predicted the upcoming you know economic issues that we were going to have so maybe they rushed them out the door to get it ahead of that um, ahead of those problems because everyone knows you know when, when you hit a recession people don't spend as much so I'm wondering if maybe that's the reason because honestly it feels like the PlayStation 5 and Series X could have come out a year or even two years later is, is, is kind of the way I feel about it 100% yeah like I, I don't feel like I'm playing a PlayStation 5 I feel like I'm playing like a souped up PlayStation 4 
Yes. And the Series Agreed. X, especially because like the the UI is like the same. It's identical to Xbox One. Like it, it really just feels like a super Xbox One. So yeah, I mean, I guess that's the 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 conversation around availability. It'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I like I said a second ago, I'm curious to see what God of War does to you know the availability for for PS5s. I think with with Series X and Series S, as we'll get to momentarily, there's really not a big holiday game. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, how many PS5s they sell over this next month and into the holidays and whether we're back in a shortage situation or not. So, Coach, you've got something. Do you think with the uh, price hike that it'll eventually get to the States? It did already, didn't it? Didn't Not yet, not but I States. think it will. I mean, I yeah, it, it kind of has to, right? Like, I think yeah. you might see another video game price hike too, just because of inflation. No, I'm like, talking about the system itself. No, I know, but I'm saying, oh, okay, because you know, games went up ten dollars. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see games go up to eighty dollars a pop. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think um, I can't recall the exact price increase, but I think most of the the PS5 increases around the world it was equivalent to like thirty or forty bucks here, so. I would not be surprised to see it go up to like 550 next year. Um, especially with, I mean, with PSVR 2, they just announced it's it's 550. It's not backwards compatible, is that right? It's no. Because it runs wow. on a completely different type of technology than the original PSVR. Because, you know, the original PSVR used the Move controllers. And then the new, the PSVR 2 uses more of a mapping style controller where yeah it's easier similar fingers. to like the quest yeah yeah so they're not really compatible the developer would actually have to patch it over into the the new system yeah, and it does seem like a lot of them are patching over which is good but yeah so I guess the biggest one for me would be to make sure that um battlefront would be uh playable oh yeah that demo like the x-wing it's so good. It's so. Do you play good. Squadrons? Yes, a little bit. Squadrons is good. Yeah, that's okay. The VR, the VR and Squadrons is really good. Oh, not the VR. I haven't played the VR and Squadrons. Oh yeah, it's really good. I use it on my um, Quest connected to my yeah. computer. So, I guess from there on, I think the the real big discussion here that we're we're going to have an interesting time with is the the list of games that have released for both of these systems over the past year. I I think I don't know. I I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone, but I, in my eyes, I think we've had a very very lackluster twelve months. Uh, personally, uh, we we've had a few games here and there. I mean, certainly for PS Five, I think the big ones you can reference are Horizon Forbidden West. In February, Gran Turismo 7 in March, Ghostwire Tokyo in March, and then Stray July, Last of Us Part 1 in September, God of War Ragnarok in November. Xbox, on the other hand, has had a very rough 12 months. You could maybe say Forza Horizon 5, but that was like right about this time last year. So that was right at the tail end of year one. Halo Infinite was last December. And you had a few like smaller games here and there. Crossfire X, that weird like campaign game that was made by Remedy for that Crossfire series, did not I review well at all. That exists February, yeah. And then As Dusk Falls was July, Scorn, October. 
So Xbox, aside from Halo last December, has really had not much of anything this past 12 months. Where do you guys stand on the exclusives list from year two? Because I think it's been... I think part of it is a product of COVID. I think we're certainly seeing the ramifications of like the delayed development. I would hope that coming up next year, we get some big games from both systems, but I don't know. Overall, this, this past year has been a, a, an interesting one, certainly, when it comes to the list of exclusives on both systems. Well, the, the big thing that I see when I look at this list, um, just coming from PlayStation, is, man, I, I really miss original games you know like the big ones on this list for playstation the biggest ones right would be like forbidden west last of us part one and god of war ragnarok all sequels are remakes i didn't think forbidden west was very good um i beat it a couple weeks ago and my thoughts on it were very mild especially with the ending um i have zero desire to play the last of us again and no coach did not plot and um god of war ragnarok to me which i know we're going to talk about here a little later in the podcast is been um kind of hot and cold but as far as xbox goes i mean uh yeah <laughs> this has been this has been the story with xbox for the last five or so years though right like they just i feel like they, they don't put out a whole lot of exclusive games and it kind of like the, like the situation with the Xbox is a little different, right? Because 10 years ago we were talking about the console wars and there's still that, that conversation going on with the fanboy communities, but it seems to me that Xbox is transitioning into more of a software, just distribution type. Yeah. Um, because they're gobbling up developers and they're putting things on game pass and that seems to be where all their focus is on right now. Um, I don't know that the exclusives are as big of a deal to Xbox as they are to Sony. Because that's that's Sony's huge selling point is their exclusives. And when you buy a PlayStation 5, it feels like a more premium experience because you get these bigger premium games that um, you know are going to be worth playing. You know, um, but I will say, like I said from the beginning, I just I miss original games. I miss the PS3 era Sony with their back against the wall where they were trying different things out. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no. And I think you're right with Xbox. I think their strategy is definitely more on Game Pass. Um, you know, that that seems to be what what they're going for is not necessarily, hey, we've got exclusive games, exclusive games. It's more so, hey. We've got this game that just released that is $70, but you can pay $10 and play it on our system. I think that's kind of been their their strategy. My only confusion with that is, I mean, we've seen them for the past, I'd say, five years gobble up studios like crazy, and we really haven't seen much output from that. Uh, every year we keep talking about, you know, they're going to have a ton of great games this year, and it seems like it never happens. And so I'm curious if that will ever come to fruition. It's been interesting. And I would say Sony is almost in the same boat. I mean, they've got a lot of great, talented studios as well. And I mean, you can look at this list and still so few games released this year. Again, I think it could be COVID related. I think it could be challenges from the pandemic, but I don't know. 
coach. Yeah, just to piggyback on what um, what Seth was saying is, you know, the experience, the PlayStation experience. I think that all started in uh, during the PS2 era and PS3, where you had these amazing titles like you had like Jack and Daxter, right? You had um, Ratchet and Clank, and then you had Infamous, Resistance. You had all of these games that were solely for the the PlayStation ecosystem, and they still have those companies. I don't think too many companies have left, you know, like they still have those companies. So, um, and then Sony just has uh, Halo and Gears of War pretty much, right? And Forza, of course, but, you know, so you can only play Halo so many times, right? And at least these companies that Sony has, they're changing it up. You know, they went from, uh, I mean, look at Naughty Dog. You know, they went from Crash to Jack. Then they went to, um, what was their PS3 game? Uncharted. Uncharted. And then now Last of Us, right? So they're evolving, right? So they're this huge company within Sony. And then, you know, you have uh, Sucker Punch, you have uh, Insomniac, and then, What's the studios that has God of War? Is it Santa Monica? Santa Monica, Santa Monica right. So they're set. Like you, when you buy a, a PS5 or PS4, you knew what you were getting. You were getting exclusives. Right. So George has something to say. I've been quiet. Sorry. I, I didn't do the research I, I thought I had done earlier. And so I went through, I counted up all of like the first party developed games just for retail. This obviously doesn't include like PSN. And this is just for Sony here. Uh, but in the first like three years of the PlayStation 3 being out, there were 17 first party retail games and there were no remakes. There was a couple sequels, but they were sequels to games that generally existed on that system. So like we got Resistance and we got Resistance 2. We got Ratchet and Clank, which, you know, continuation of a PS2 series. And we got uh, Gran Turismo 5 Prologue and Everybody's Golf 5. So like those were existing, but like really they, they weren't remakes is my point. PlayStation 4, three years in, we had 16 games and five of them were remakes. That includes stuff like Last of Us Remastered, God of War 3 Remastered, Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection, Gravity Rush Remastered, and the Ratchet and Clank game. And then two years into PlayStation 5, we got 15 first-party retail games, and six of them are remakes. So one, it's already, it's like kind of on par for like where the other consoles were, right? Like it's 15, 16, 17, but it's just like the percentage of those games that are remakes. And I completely agree with Seth where I, I do miss the PS3 back against the wall days where it was them just throwing as much crap to the wall and seeing what would stick. I think that was probably the most exciting time to be a, a gamer. It, at least in my experience, I'm sure if you're a younger listener, now is the best time to be a gamer and you're absolutely right, but give it 10 years and you're going to feel like, man, the early PlayStation 5, late PlayStation 4, that was the best time to be a gamer. It's going to happen to you too, kids. Don't worry about it. it. It's just surreal to me how much they go back to the well. And it's really frustrating where like it, it is, it's not the joke about like, oh, a new Nintendo console's coming out. So get ready to buy Super Mario Brothers again, you know, because <laughs> like you bought it on the NES, you bought it on the Super Nintendo with the, the All-Stars, you bought it again on Wii, and then you had to buy it again for Wii U. And then you can't buy it on Switch, but you can rent it basically forever. And so I'm just sitting here wondering like, hey, this is great that like these games are getting remade and the last of us, I didn't play it because I played it 10 years ago when it came out. Right. But it's like, 
it's awesome that like you can remake these games and even higher, more impressive fidelity. But like at some point it's the same thing with movies where it's just like, what are we supposed to remake 20 years from now when everything we've been doing for the last 20 years is a remake? Like, it's great that you can remake footloose, but there hasn't been a new footloose free to remake 20 years. from now. like, you can't just like keep pulling stuff from the garden without planting some new stuff every, every now and then, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is that, they're still doing it, right? Like they just announced the Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Zero Dawn remake. Yeah. And it's like the I almost snapped when I saw The Last of Us Part One was getting remade, right? But now we're getting um Zero Dawn, which is even a new newer game, and it still looks great. It plays perfect. Like there's not much of an improvement to be made with Zero Dawn. And they're just like, nah, actually, it's getting a we're gonna put all our resources into this instead of doing something new and interesting. And that that's what's frustrating to me, for sure. Well, it's like I'm part of the problem because uh on Saturday I spent nine hours playing Skyrim Anniversary Edition on my PlayStation 5. So like I get it. Like the, I, I am the reason crap like this keeps happening. Sure. But I don't know, like we're two years in. Has there been anything where you're just like holy crap that knocked me on my feet and like i'm sure god of war ragnarok mm. i haven't played it yet I, I never finished the first one so i'm probably not gonna get to it anytime soon but I, i'm sure that is finally the game but also it's a playstation 4 game wait i mean how, it's... Far, did you, how far did you get in god of war uh, probably like three four hours oh, oh okay god of war has maybe like the 28 one or 2018 one sorry um has maybe the most well-written twist yes i've ever seen in a video game or even like a movie for that matter because once they lay it out to you you're like oh my god it's so obvious how did i miss it the seeds were planted the entire game and nobody noticed yeah and you you it, it finally reveals it at the end of the game and you're like oh my god you know it, it's it's a really really well written twist um definitely if you feel like you, you want to hack and slash your way through a good story at some point go back to god of war because um de- definitely one of my favorite stories in uh, video games i'm about to get the platinum in skyrim so i need something new to play after congratulations, congratulations. what i'll say i mean when it comes to games though that you know really feel I don't know, current gen feel like something that couldn't be played on a, on a last gen system. The only one that I would say still would probably be Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart. God of War looks good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I've got a, a variable refresh rate TV and the game runs at like 100 FPS and 4K and looks incredible. But at the end of the day, it's still gameplay wise. I mean, it's still basically 2018. I mean, not a whole lot's changed there. So the environments do look good. But to me, Rift Apart is the only game where I've been like totally wowed um, this generation. And I, frankly, I can't think of anything on, on Series X that's pushed me that way. Maybe maybe Flight Simulator, but only because it's just possible on Series X. I mean, it it looks pretty rough on that system overall. Like there are some weird graphical problems and it only runs at like 30 frames because of how demanding it is. But I really haven't had like a 
current gen experience aside from Rift Apart personally. Certainly haven't had one this past year. Well, I mean, like, there really isn't a current gen experience, right? For some reason, we're two years into these consoles' life cycles. And if you hadn't bought one until now, you wouldn't have really missed anything. That that that's like the big thing for me is it looks like into next year we're finally gonna start turning over into um like exclusives for the five and the series X. And that's really exciting because I'm really excited to see how something like um Hogwarts Legacy or Final Fantasy 16 looks when it's not held back. I mean God of War Ragnarok will play on a base PS4 from 2013. You and can't, Digital Foundry has a great video. It still looks really good. Yeah, on but PS4. You, you can't tell me that that game wasn't held back in some way in order to get it to run on PlayStation 4. You know, that that's what's frustrating about it is that like everyone knows that that game was held back. And it would be a much better experience if that they had just focused on the PlayStation 5 and Series X. Um, And there's 25 million units on PlayStation 5 sold. You have to imagine that a good chunk of them bought them to play God of War. So I feel like they could have actually gotten away with just making it um, a PlayStation 5 exclusive. But it should have been. I don't get I think another uh, another good example for me is uh, Gran Turismo 7 which normally racing games are gorgeous. They're an utter showcase of new hardware, and Gran Turismo 7 looks just like Gran Turismo Sport did because it's a PS4 game as well. It really is not like anything special visually, which is disappointing. There's got to be like a breaking point, though, too, right? Like how lifelike, how much more lifelike can we possibly make things look? visually when we look at it i feel like we've almost reached the peak especially when you look at like um, animation styles like ratchet and clank i don't really know how you could make ratchet and clank look any better than it already does as far as like um realism goes we're getting there though you know to the point where like our facial capture and stuff is getting to the point where it's getting hard to tell a difference at some point. And I think that's a conversation worth having that eventually you might just not be able to tell a difference between generations at all. And I can see that happening in the next decade or so. So I think for this generation is more going to be about the performance than the, the actual graphics upgrade than anything getting to 60 frames per second. 4K ray tracing, which Gotham Knights, that was a big issue with that game. And out the gate, there was issues like this was supposed to be a um, PS5, PC, and uh, Series X only game, right? Exclusive to that. So I think that for this generation, that's what we're going to be seeing more of than that jump. But the uh, the graphics for Rift Apart is just like it's like like they people say it's like watching a Pixar game um Pixar movie. What was the uh, the Xbox 360 game? Was it Soul Calibur? Was that the one that had Vader and Yoda on it? Yeah, yeah. Soul Calibur Four. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing that and like the smoke in Call of Duty Two on Xbox 360 and being like, 
games are never going to look better than this. How could it possibly get any better? <laughs> so like, I feel like that's a discussion we always have. And like, we forget that we always have it. I agree that I think we're going to reach a breaking point where like, we've basically just recreated the real world in our video games. And it's just going to be kind of boring at that point. And I think Nintendo's got a leg up there because they have compared to the competition an underpowered system, but they've got some of the best art directors in the world. And when it comes to video games, right? Like, I didn't really care for Breath of the Wild, but that's a beautiful game that shouldn't work on the Switch, right? Like, there's no way that game should work. And, like, you compare it to, uh, what is it called? Uh, Phoenix Rise of Immortals or whatever on uh, oh, yeah. on PS5 and, and Xbox One. And, like, that game is really pretty, but it's kind of it's kind of soulless compared to Breath of the Wild. And so, like, there, I think, like, we're going to have to start getting smarter. And I say we, I mean, like, game developers, which is weird because I'm not one. But we're going to have to start getting smarter about how we, like, make people feel when we play these games. Because, like, we can't, we can't just show them what exists outside their world. I was playing Modern Warfare 2. I thought I, like, actually killed someone in Amsterdam. <laughs> like, it was, it was so uncomfortable. It was badass as hell. But, like, I felt bad after. I had to smoke a cigarette and, like, pour a little glass of wine and, like, think about my actions. And uh, I, I'm never going to get that feeling on a Nintendo console. And that's that's great. I honestly think that might be why I'm so excited for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, just because like, it looks like someone painted that world, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you can see, like, actual craft in it, as opposed to just, like, capturing and, and repurposing everything you're already familiar with. And, like, that stuff is, like, technically impressive. Like, I, I don't mean to dismiss the work that people do for it, but it's not... It's not doing anything for me. You know, like I don't need to see a more realistic car. Like I have one. Like I have a pretty real car. Pretty real? It's an old Jetta. Usually I'm not gonna it's pretend real. it's like the greatest car, but like it's pretty <laughs> real. It's a it's a real enough car. By the way, just because you brought up the, you know, the games will never look better than this topic earlier, Motor Storm was mine. When I saw Motor Storm, it was like, oh. Oh my god! This is yeah. this is the best a game can look. Oh, the demo at Best Buy, <laughs> the first one. I remember just like revving my engine up too much, and I had no idea. And then the car just like exploded. I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life." You know yeah. what I'm really disappointed in is the um, Dual Sense because. Oh, I disagree. Well, hear me out. No, I, I think that the haptic feedback in it is so cool, but I can already see that developers aren't using it. There's there's yes. none of that in God of War Ragnarok. And I'm like, oh, God, if the first parties are already letting go of it, then that means we're doomed. It's over. Because um, we see these this every generation, right? Like there's these cool things that developers can do. And they're all like, yeah, but we're not really going to do that. Um, and that sucks because I think the dual sense is haptic feedback, especially when you play something like um, Astro's Playroom. Super cool. Super, super cool. But. I can see um, that never being used again, which sucks. I shouldn't have disagreed before you finish making your point. The one time it's like annoying and like the one time they so consistently use it is like in shooter games where they just like make it harder to pull the trigger. I'm like, look, guy, you don't have to like actually make my PS5 controller into a Glock. Like that's it's fine that it's just like a game. I kind of like that. Like my reality is separated from my fiction a little bit. We don't have to recreate everything. But yeah, Astro's Playroom is the, the, honestly probably like top three game on, on PlayStation 5 two yeah, years in. for sure. Forbidden West is the same thing. Like when you're, when you're shoving a spear into the, um, the, the some of the doors, 
it makes it really hard to pull the trigger for no reason because it's not that's not an action that would like be hard to like th- thrust the spear forward but when you pull it you're like oh my god like, <laughs> it feels like you're gonna break the controller when you do it um but yeah i think the best example uh of it so far aside from astro is gran turismo 7 it actually does a really good job of when you're pulling the trigger you can feel the car gripping the road you can kind of feel like the vibrations on and off and you you can just kind of tell where your traction is based off of the 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 haptics and the triggers but um i uh, for me the i think the thing i'm most disappointed with so far at least when it comes to the ps5 the series x has this feature is the fact that we still don't have what is essentially the the quick resume functionality on the ps5 two years in um, I didn't use it too much until recently, but I was playing on Series X. I was playing Cyberpunk, and basically, it's like having rest mode, but for multiple games. So you could stop Cyberpunk exactly where it's at, and then open up, you know, Call of Duty or Halo or whatever it is, go play that with your friends, come back to exactly where you left off on Cyberpunk without booting the game up again. And the way the PS5 is built, it has that little switcher thing in the menu there's literally a portion in the menu that is reserved for what this feature should be and it it just hasn't been implemented yet it's very odd to me that they still haven't released that yeah because the playstation 5 it has sort of this feature right but it it fully closes the game right exactly so like you can click on the game and it'll be like pick up where you left off but then it relies on the speed of the ssd to boot the game back up and actually load it and bring you back into the game. So, yeah. It, and it is a cool feature. I didn't think I would use it, but then I, I got in the the mix of playing cyberpunk and another game at the same time on my series X. And it was just the nicest thing to be able to not even close cyberpunk, just leave it exactly where it was. <laughs> Go play the other game, open cyberpunk. It is still exactly where it was. I don't have to sit through loading screens. I don't have to go through any menus. It's so nice. So <laughs> it was just the darndest thing. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's probably my biggest disappointment so far. I'm I'm hoping that that is patched in on PS5 soon. That would be a very nice addition. But is there anything Fat you guys chance? Oh, Fat chance that gets patched in. You're lucky you're able to change your name. All right. <laughs> That's true. I just changed my name like what three years ago, and PSN's been around for 10, 15 years at just, this point. Like, just be thankful the network works and you don't have to do a <laughs> network test in order to connect your PlayStation to the internet oh before you search the store. Well, I uh I don't know if anybody else has anything else to add. I think overall for me, just overall comments, I'm I've got mixed feelings so far on on the PS5 and Series X. I think Overall, I'm very happy with them, but for the reason that George brought up about them being just stronger Xbox Ones and PS4s. I've got very large libraries for both of those systems, and so it's worked for me on that front. You know, a lot of those games have gotten upgrades or faster loading times, and so I do appreciate that, but I'm still holding out for that true next-gen experience. And, you know, God of War, I think, is is aiding in that, and certainly uh, Ratchet & Clank did, but Hopefully we'll get some stuff next year. So coach. I also think um, Spider-Man, you know, that upgrade from the PS4 to five 
was like supreme. Like it would look looked and played so amazing. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what they do with that series with two. Because I'm sure that'll only be on PS5. I think that'll be a true test of like, okay, what can the PS5 do? Because Miles Morales looks great, but it is also a PS4 game. So I really want to know what they can do with that that engine only on PS5. And I guess they've already kind of done it with Rift Apart. But And is Wolverine you know, supposed to come out next year also, or is that a 2024? That's what they're saying, but I don't believe that. I think it's going to be Spider-Man 2 next year and then Wolverine a year or two later. Dude, I... Listen, I don't believe Wolverine's coming out. I don't. Like, that game, it just is floating around in the nebula. People bring it up once in a while, and I'm just, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see it canceled. I'm just saying. No, that game's coming out. The game that's not coming out is Star Wars Old Republic remake. Like, that one, <laughs> that one's never coming out. That's true. Yeah, yeah you, I agree with that. Unfortunate. No, Wolverine is for, Wolverine's for sure coming out. Like, that studio in Sonic is huge. I know. I know they are. What's Naughty Dog up to? Are they? Oh, they're just making the Last of Us Part Two remake. Yeah, they're porting it to my Keurig. It's pretty exciting. Wait, I know they're making serious? Last of Us Factions or whatever that's going to be called, the multiplayer thing. Uh, I'm curious what that's going to turn out to be like. At this point, since it's a separate game, I, I hope it's somewhat more of like a division, like single player co op mix type game. I, I feel like if it's purely a PvP. That's not going to go over too well. Awesome. I love you so much. That, that sounds horrible. We don't need another really? one of those. We don't need another one of those games, man. We got too many. Yeah. I well, just I just heard um, on Sacred Symbols this week that PlayStation hired the dude that designed Fortnite's battle passes at, at Naughty Dog to design um, something. And everyone's just assuming it's going to be four factions. I, well, right, yeah. so it, it took us, what, like 15 years of online gaming to get to battle passes? Yeah. How do we how do we kill battle passes? Like, how do we come up with a better solution? Because I'm getting sick of them, man. Like, there needs to be a way to reward people who can't treat this like it's a full time job. I don't know. I I hate battle passes as well. And well, I don't hate them. I like my thing is, is that they it's not fun when every game has a battle pass. I know we had a great conversation about this, like a year and a half ago or two years ago or whatever it was. And the situation has just gotten worse. But I think the, all these companies just use data constantly. Right. So if they see that people aren't buying battle passes, they're more inclined to stop doing the battle pass. And only, it's only going to take a few of them to start failing. And then the cascading effect happens. But um, I don't know. Speaking of naughty dog, I feel like I'm crazy. Sometimes because I have just come to come to the conclusion as an adult that I'm not a Naughty Dog guy. I just don't like Naughty Dog games. I don't think any. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't like them. I find them very mild. I liked Uncharted 2 and even Spyro is better than Crash. Like we need to have that conversation. That's true, actually, though. Spyro is great. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I don't know. I just. I I loved Uncharted 2, and then I found every Naughty Dog game that I played after that disappointing, including The Last of Us. I, I remember playing The Last of Us, and just everyone was talking about how great of an experience it was and how much it moved them. And I, I remember closing it and being like, okay, well, that was The Last of Us. 
Well, I don't think I don't want to give Naughty Dog too much credit, right? But like, they, I don't think they they obviously didn't create like the atmospheric third person action adventure game, but they did a pretty good job of like bringing it to the next level, right? Like they they really polished it up and for sure pre- presented it very well, and then everyone started doing it, and so like it's my favorite band's not the Beatles, but like a lot of my favorite bands will cite the Beatles as their favorite band. You know, it's like we just. I feel like we just need more developers inspired by Naughty Dog so we can eventually kill Naughty Dog. <laughs> that makes like sense. If, if you asked me my favorite PlayStation developers right now, I would put both Insomniac and Sucker Punch above Naughty Dog. Yes, I agree with that. And I, I'm in the same boat. I wouldn't even have to think about it. But most people like I feel like most people put Naughty Dog as the number one studio in the entire industry right now. And I'm like, their games they make are fantastic, right? But they don't hit me. Yeah, it's really good. I just don't care about it whatsoever. Yeah. Like I feel like I don't smile when I'm playing a Naughty Dog game. I don't laugh. I don't even feel enjoyment. I'm just like, okay. I didn't even enjoy Uncharted until three, to be honest. I didn't I didn't enjoy, enjoy Uncharted one, three, four, uh, The Last of Us one, The Last of Us. Well, I didn't play The Last of Us two, but I played uh, The Last of Us, uh, the PlayStation four version just to make sure I, I didn't like it. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I enjoyed The Last of Us or the uh, Uncharted games. Sorry, let me back that up. I enjoyed the Uncharted games one through four i did like all of those but the last of us has totally lost me i I have no interest in that franchise i played through the first one and just it was not my thing so i i'm really hoping they don't milk that that series moving forward but it seems like that's exactly what they're gonna do so Uh, it just seemed like they had a fire right they had a fire like any rock band or any band that you know when they're early on they're putting out hits and then as they get older they it changes a little bit right so i remember reading um this piece where they came out with uncharted one and it got nominated for game of the year and then they went back and that's all they wanted to do is create the best third person adventure game right and did did uncharted 2 get game of the year yeah i I would imagine yeah yeah it was a so is that fire there anymore for them? You know, do they care or are they more about, um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, developers just like any type of entertainers, you know, they, they change after time. You've changed, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's your fault. Maybe. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, Let's wrap up the show with what we've been playing. I know we've got a, a few big games that have released over the past couple of weeks. And so, Coach, I want to start with you because usually you don't have a whole lot that you're playing, but I know you've actually been playing some stuff this time around. So what have you got for us? We had a three-day weekend. So I didn't go, I didn't really do too much. So um, I did purchase um, the new Tactics Ogre game. Ooh. But here's the thing, man. So, like, when I got into it, I'm like, 
oh my God, this is way over my head. I'm not ready for, this is like sending one of my freshmen to take calculus to or something like that, right? It's just. Dude, it's so funny because you just asked us like a year or two ago how to get into RPGs. Well, no, I asked you about, not into RPGs, I asked you about uh, Xenoblade because I saw that and there's just so much stuff going on on the, the, the overlay or whatever, right? So then I was doing some research and they're like, and on Game Facts and some of the people, or Reddit, they said, Final Fantasy V is a perfect game to play because something about the job system or the, the skills or something like that, like if you learn about that, then you'll have a more enjoyable time with that. So, yeah, I so then that. I, yeah, so then I got um, Triangle Strategy and there's not a lot going on with that rpg right so i played almost about six hours of that on between saturday friday and saturday so and the story has got me like it it's got me it's good good story so do you just not do you not like fire emblem or how come you never move into fire emblem i played the first two on the game boy advance because fire emblem is widely regarded as like the best um, strategy RPG out right now. And mm. that's on, uh, I know you, you love your switch. So, um, well, I, I, love check out my, Fire Emblem. I love my breath of the wild on the switch. That's what I that's love. true. <laughs> yeah. I, I would check out fire Emblem, man. I, I think yeah. people love three houses. I haven't personally played it, but I'm excited for the new one. Three houses. I enjoyed what I played, but it, it was so dialogue heavy. It was trying to be like persona, but times 20. It yeah. felt like an so anime. And that, I'm that hoping really the new one's a little less of that. Yeah. I hate the character designs of, of the new I one. I do agree out. with that. I do People agree. People were making that. fun of the, the main character because they say he looks like Coolgate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not a big fan of that. I just hope the game itself is good, but we'll see. And then, of course, sure. Pokemon comes out this oh. week. So I pre ordered and paid for I got Scarlet. Ooh. Nice. No, sorry, Violet. Violet. I got Violet. Good. I got Scarlet. So that means we're going to be trading buddies. Look at us. Yes. Yeah. And we could still do raids together too, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how all the multiplayer stuff in that works. I'm I'm curious how like integrated it is. And completely forgot. It's so funny because um, I was doing a little bit of research because I knew that there was some performance issues. And so many people that had early access to the game, nobody talked about it because they were afraid that they would never get their little precious copy of the game again, right? But there were a couple that actually came out and described in detail the performance issues. And so today I saw that you sent a tweet or something by Austin John that says the newest update does fix the performance issues which i that makes me yeah happy they've got to do something at some point though man i mean it's i'm glad that the patch kind of helps but there's got to be a switch pro or something soon i mean it's, it's some of these developers are trying to push the switch a little too hard and it's just it's not working out for them but remember so. this is a nintendo you're talking about that's true they they'll probably they'll release a switch pro and all it'll have extra on it will be a camera it's right. about time though i, I mean yeah. the switch came out in uh 2017 right yep it's been five years it'll be yeah. six years next year getting there it's about time yep 
George, what about you, man? What have you been up to this past couple of weeks? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I am falling back in love with Skyrim. The anniversary edition is awesome because they included all this new content. Like they they added a, a whole bunch of new items, a whole bunch of new quests, a whole bunch of new locations that are kind of just like quality of life changes. They added this one location. I think it's called Mirror Watch. And it's literally just a tower you find and like there's a dead body in front of it with a key and then it just becomes yours because you find the key. And it's nothing special, but it's got like all these weapon plaques for very specific weapons. And it's got all these mannequins for very specific armor sets. And it's got different areas for you to place all like the dragon priest masks. And so this isn't like a big thing, but it's a really cool way of just like celebrating Skyrim, if that makes sense, where it just like it lets you sort of like brag about everything you have accomplished. And so like right now I'm pissed because I've only got like eight of the dragon priest masks and it's making me like want to go collect the rest of them so I can just put them up in my collection. Like they basically just figured out a way to make stamps cool in 2022, which is really all I was looking for. Uh, Besides that, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, like I talked about earlier, that game is bordering on uncomfortable in how pretty it is. And the multiplayer, I haven't touched too much because uh, hardcore mode doesn't come out until today. Wednesday, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, I want to try that game at some point. I um, I was playing a little bit of of Modern Warfare. The tw- was it 2019? Yeah, 2018, 2019. I was playing a little bit of that one, maybe about a month ago, and because I never beat the campaign on it, and even that game still looks really good and plays really well. So I do want to get to at some point, especially with Warzone Two coming out. I never really got super into the first one, but you know, if I can have the campaign and multiplayer and Warzone all on that single install, might be might be worth my time. All, all will, on that 250 gigabyte install. <laughs> right. uh, I will say, uh, Activision needs to pull its head out of its ass when it comes to like actually designing how these games go on your console. Like, there's no single campaign download so like i would i was like i just want to play the campaign it's just like oh you need to download the campaign I'm like well that's freaking annoying you told me i was downloading the entire game but whatever and then i started the campaign and they're like well you actually need to download part two of the campaign down i'm like okay why didn't you just do that but whatever so i started downloading part two and i was like okay finally now two hours later i can finally play the campaign and they're like actually you need to download part three dumbass like why do you think you could just play the game and i'm like okay i guess i'll play this game tomorrow this sucks this sucks so much butts i i hate it so i'm gonna let this suck butt and i'm just gonna go watch seinfeld and have a little wine because i hate everything about activision they just gotta make it smoother and like this happened uh when the console launched i grabbed uh black ops cold war and uh, same thing where like it was just like the UI and the game didn't really make the most sense. So it turns out I was like playing the PlayStation 4 version for like the first like week. And I was just like, you know, this looks good, but it doesn't look that different. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's because it's not different at all. You moron. <laughs> and it like, I don't think I'm a stupid person. I think people make things more complicated than they need to be. And so Activision, I think, is honestly the the worst perpetrator in that regard. And they got to clean it up, man. Well, when you have to go to message boards to find out where exactly you have to go, because it's nestled underneath their their hub, yeah. it doesn't. It's just crazy because I had that same issue with um, the reboot of Modern Warfare a couple years ago, you know. And uh, you have to click all of the. There's like ten different packs that you have to download, and there was like three campaign packs and 
four HD packs, and it was just like, what the hell is going on? Dude, so. installs and downloads in general, though, I mean, I, I do agree that Activision, especially with Call of Duty, they're the worst. But just in general, they've gotten out of control. And I know yeah. it's just a matter of, you know, the fidelity of games and how good they look and how much content they're putting into these games. But, you know, as we'll talk about here in a second, uh, of course, we talked about it a little earlier, but God of War Ragnarok released in that game, even the physical copy has a 90 gigabyte install. And even when you put in the disc, for me, it took an hour to install the game from a disc, which is insane. Like that, why? I don't know. Um, so something's got to be done at some point. I mean, I thought the whole point of the SSDs was to kind of shrink some of these install sizes, and that clearly has not happened. Remember that <laughs> damn uh, conference they had or the where all they talked about for like two and a half hours was the SSD yes. and how it was going to work. It was Mark Cerny, and it was oh, he Lord. was just talking about how fast the PS5 was. And it turns out he was just telling us all to S his SD. Made that joke. I will say really quickly with Anniversary Edition Skyrim, the load times are beautiful. It takes two seconds to go from one area into another. It, it's a, nice. it's, I don't know if it's like impressive because this is a 10-year-old game, but man, what if we just made really pretty PlayStation 3 and 360 games that just loaded really fast and had like a 15 gigabyte footprint on your hard drive. Like what if we actually just did that this generation? That would be kind of revolutionary. You're not wrong. Just make sure when you're playing through that Skyrim, uh, you don't leave too many doors open, right? Dude, I started getting a glitch where like a character was following me and I had flashbacks to when that jackass from the companions was following me in my PlayStation 3 version. I was like, oh no, it happened again. No, not when I'm so close. I'm at 68% of the trophies. Just let me be. But uh, it it fixed itself. What were some of the other things they said caused the PS3 slowdown? You left too many doors open. If you like put too many things inside your house, I think was one of them. Yeah, if you like dropped or moved items from like where they were originally placed. Yeah, you know, like half the point of the game. <laughs> yeah, if you just did everything you instinctually want to do during that game, you're just you're gonna have the worst time. Don't do it. <laughs> so, what was the issue even with that game? Was it just the RAM? Yeah. Okay. Because the the game remembers everything that you touch, essentially, right? And in like where you put it, and it runs all that constantly. So if you were to like leave too many doors open in Skyrim, and you know closed is their default position, but if you leave them open, it has to remember it. So, <laughs> so stupid. Oh my God. Yeah. So, like, because the PS3 had split its RAM to like half of it went to the user interface and half of it went to games, Skyrim really struggled. And I think eventually they released like some patches. It didn't to, work. To, it, it, it didn't. I tried. It didn't work. Like, it was, it really, they were like, it honestly depends on the disc copy you have. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Like, that's a stupid thing to leave up to chance. <laughs> and like two years after two or like a year after like the one of the devs from um uh crap Ob- oblivion studios what, what the dudes who did fall in new vegas oh um obsidian sorry obsidian, obsidian studios yeah. yeah 
He was just like, yeah, well, when you know, when we were doing Fallout uh, New Vegas and we were working on this, like, this is the problem. This is how we corrected it. Like, we think it might be this issue. And then uh, Todd Howard or like someone from Bethesda was like, uh, no, the shit, it's not that problem. Thank you very much for offering your <laughs> advice, though. And they, just, up, and they just like man. shut him down. And I was like, huh, this is a really antagonistic relationship. I really hope one day Microsoft buys Obsidian Studios and they become like the darling RPG maker. And then an, a year later, they buy Bethesda, and it's awkward <laughs> as hell at Thanksgiving. That'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. Here we are. Here we are. And and the guys at Obsidian are so cool. They're like, yeah, we'd love to make Fallout. Yeah, yeah. they just said that recently. <laughs> were like, yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd love, love, we'd love to make a good one of those games again, because Bethesda doesn't. So I'd love should. to make Todd Howard look like an idiot. Oh, dude, all I want is a vowed. I know. I just, I just want a vowed. I know. I, Outer I, I, Worlds I know. was better than Fallout 4. So. It really was. Yeah. Drastically yeah. better. <laughs> um, so yeah. our our last couple games here, Seth, you've got an interesting opinion on this, so I want to start with you. God of War Ragnarok. Well, hold on. Lay it out. Oh, unless you got more. Unless you got I more. Do, I, I do got more. I do got more. I um I went and bought <laughs> my fourth Switch. <laughs> last week what <laughs> yes <laughs> um okay so as as you guys may know i have a natural repulsion to the nintendo switch where every cell in my body rejects it for some reason like and, meth yes and well i'm not sure that's how math works but <laughs> Um, you know, generally you get addicted to math. I think I've never taken math. Okay, let's anyway. say poison. Let's let's just say poison instead, like a generic poison, right? Like your body would yeah. just reject generic yeah. poison. Okay. Um. So usually I get a switch and I'll play it for like a little bit, and then and I would end up just selling them, right? But Pokemon comes out this weekend and I've I've been wanting to play Xenoblade and Bayonetta 3. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I just went and bought a Switch OLED. And um, I've been playing Xenoblade, Xenoblade 3, and I really like it. It's really, really good. It has a lot of the spirit of the original two games. Um, I'm really interested in where the story's going. But the one thing I can't get over in Xenoblade 3 is the character designs. They drive me absolutely crazy, dude. I can't get into a sci-fi game where my characters are rolling around in Converse and bomber jackets. Like, <laughs> I hate it so They're all from San Francisco. Much. Seth. I hate it, dude. Sound, yeah, sound pretty cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Converse and bomber jackets are cool here. But they're not that cool on a giant island that's built on top of a robot skeleton. You know, I just I can't I can't do it. And like the the one uh, tank girl, she's wearing like tights and like high top Jordans. And I'm like, oh, God. sounds hot. I can't do it. It drives me crazy, man. I don't know why. Because Xenoblade 2, I loved like, they had a whole theme. With the character designs. And they, they they all fit together. You can look at these characters and be like, oh yeah, they fit in this world together. But the characters, for some reason, in 3, just all stand out like a sore thumb. And I 
I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. So Perfect. that's 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 my current trauma that I'm dealing with right now. That's nice. Are um, you getting um, Pokemon on Thursday? Thursday I night am. Is. Me and Caitlin are both getting Pokemon. Oh, yes. um, Austin, you got it. I guess so I need to do, get it. Jesus. Then we can start doing raids. Yeah. <laughs> I do some um, raids. I got Scarlet and she got Violet. Is what I was trying to say. So that's pretty cool. But what was I say? Oh, God of War. Um, yeah. So I started playing God of War. It's pretty much all I've been playing since you know whenever I had a, a second in downtime. Um, and I told told you guys in the, in the group chat that I was pretty cold on the opening of God of War. I didn't think that it was that that it didn't grab me like I thought it was going to. And, I, and like I said before, I love the 2018 God of War. But the 2018 God of War, when it starts out, it's a very dark game. Well, I mean, the entire game is dark. Like it, it's, a, it's about taking Kratos' wife's ashes to her, you know, the highest mountain in her homeland and spreading them. That's essentially like the entire goal of the game. So, you know, you're now Kratos with this this kid and that have to grow their relationship and um figure out why these gods are hunting them it's a very dark story it's a very mature story and i don't feel the stakes in god of war ragnarok um it is it god of war ragnarok is essentially like um it it in my opinion, it's not even really a sequel. It doesn't feel like God of War 2. It feels like just the second. I don't know, it feels like another episode of like a TV show is, is what it feels like. Yeah. Right. Because like I feel like the that God of War 2018, it was resolved. And, you know, they gave you some they gave you some cliffhangers that would lead into the next game but they don't play off of those specific cliffhangers they they go in a different direction with it and i'm trying really hard not to give details and spoil it right because like there's the whole thing with um freya in god of war 2018 but as far as i am in the game i'm i'm a decent chunk of the way into the game she's barely made an appearance so it's like what what are the stakes? Why do we care so much? And also, I don't know if you realize this game takes place two years after the first one. So there's a two year gap in between these two games. And yet at the end of the first game, something happens that happens in the beginning of this game. So the timeline doesn't add up at all. It doesn't really line up. Um, which is confusing to me. But yeah, well, I just I don't feel the stakes. Also, I'm struggling with it, man. Like I didn't I don't remember like struggling with the 2018 version. I feel like this game's a lot harder. Yeah. I just I will tell you this. They do explain the time difference. There is a moment where they explain why that scene happened in 2018. Oh, is there? Yeah. I, I don't know if you're there yet, but um I'm actually I decided to kick it down to easy. Because I was just I was struggling too much on normal and I just I wanted to get through the game for the story, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, I enjoy the combat. I think the combat's fantastic. 
but I'm I'm not a big like Dark Souls person. Like I didn't want to just sit there dying, struggling nonstop. I wanted to just enjoy the game, and so I kicked it down to easy, and that's how I've been playing. But yeah, because I, I was I was getting killed on normal and i'm like but even on even on easy yeah. though seth like i still like there have been a few times where i've almost died which is crazy yeah so. i don't know because I, I i don't remember struggling with the 2018 one no. and then all of a sudden we get this and it's like i'm gonna kill myself i don't know yeah i do get where you're coming from with the stakes of the story because I, I i do kind of agree with you so far i'm about nine hours in i know it's like a 20 hour long game for the story if you're just mainlining so i've been doing a lot of the side quests so it'll probably take me a bit longer than that but um i do agree that the stakes are kind of odd compared to the first game like it doesn't feel quite as urgent it's just kind of like you're stumbling through learning more i guess is right. the way i can put it without spoiling the the plot of the game but um I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm getting to a point where the stakes are really picking up. It is starting to feel like, oh, this is actually like a big deal. But the first like seven, eight hours, it kind of just feels like you're stumbling through things by chance. And I've still loved it. I mean, I've loved every second. But I do get where you're coming from is my point. What I will tell you, though, is the side quests have some extraordinarily well-written moments i was very shocked by that i i can't yeah. recall a single side quest from the first game and this game has so many good ones that i've already encountered so just uh, right, right before we did the podcast i did the side quest where i released the jellyfish you know what i'm talking yes. about yes that was pretty cool that one. Yeah, yeah that was like that was really cool i love um, that one there's one where you release another creature that's a little earlier on maybe a, a world prior and I really love that side quest as well. But overall, I'm I'm just I'm totally in love with the game, even with you know some of the complaints Seth said. I, I do agree with him there. I don't necessarily know that it's better than the first game per se. I, I will say I, I agree with you, Seth, too, that it does feel like a part two. Like it doesn't necessarily yeah. feel like the sequel. It feels more like these are two games that were you, the the additional episode is the best way to put it. I yeah. think that's a, that's a great description. And I I can't explain it right because yeah, I, know, I thought I this was a stupid complaint when I first heard it, where people are like, "Yo, it feels like DLC to the first game." I'm like, "Okay, but it's a sequel. Like, what do you expect?" And in my head, I was like, "Okay, well, what was the difference between like God of War one and two on PS2?" Right? Like, the you weren't getting like a giant graphical upgrade. There like there wasn't a giant gameplay upgrade. You got some different weapons, but that was pretty much it. But for some reason, as I'm playing it, or as, as I started playing it, I was like, mm, this really does feel like it could have just been the second half of the first game. It, like, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to explain that feeling any, any differently, but I don't really know. Um, I, don't, I don't know. But that's, that's kind of how I'm feeling with it. I'm, where I'm like, yeah, this feels like it could have just been in 2018. Yeah. Um, but I'm not disliking the game. And the more I'm getting into it, the less of that feeling of disappointment is, is there. I'm hoping that we get a different weapon at some point. Um, because that, that was one of my favorite parts of the first three games was seeing, you know, the different types of weapons Kratos would get in every game. Yeah, because you could get like the spear and... Yeah, there was the, a spear, there was the sword, there was like the yeah. the Hades hooks in God of War 3. 
Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where where this ends up. It's it's really yeah. funny to me to see Kratos in these situations and then think back to like, yes, all the things he did in God of War one, two, and three. You know, where he's like yelling at his, at his son to be like careful and whatnot, and I'm like, hmm, I definitely saw you dive like head first into hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, but okay. I will say this: it's making me want to replay the first three. Like I, in hindsight, I I always tell myself that I didn't love those games, but the more I think about them, I think I actually did really enjoy them, and I, I want to revisit them at some point. God of War um, three is my one of my favorite games on yeah. PS three, and it holds up extraordinarily well. Yeah, and it it makes me really sad because this is just a side note. My dad got it for me for Easter one year, right? <laughs> but, it's a great Easter gift. Right. But well, because like my, my mom was like the, the she would get me like the Easter baskets, like all the like the, the carefully placed candy in them, and like, you know, like my dad's like, What do you want for Easter? <laughs> you know? Anyway, um I rented the game from Blockbuster. Like a week before Easter and I was playing it at his house. And he's like, is this the new God of War game? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, I was, I was like, yeah, I, I rented it from Blockbuster. He goes, well, why did I buy it for you then? And he went out to his truck and gave it to me. He's like, happy Easter. And then like threw it on my bed. And I'm like, Oh, Oh my God. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is sad. <laughs> I felt really bad. I still feel bad about it. I'm weird like that. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess by the time the next episode rolls around, we'll probably both have beaten it and we can yeah. give our final thoughts on it. Um, but that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Yeah, no, that's the same for me. That's all I've been playing. The one thing I will say, my final note here is my favorite new thing that they added to this game mechanically is for both the axe and the blades. If you hold triangle or like hit triangle, they'll do certain like power ups mm-hmm. and the blades like winding spinning up the blades and lighting them on fire to then was that not in the first that is the coolest thing i don't think so i don't remember i I thought in my head that was in the first one but i I might be mistaken on that you're just sitting there tapping triangle and like kratos is like spinning the the blade it's It's the coolest mechanic yeah it is cool so good so yeah that's uh that's our thoughts on god of war ragnarok so far and like you said seth We'll probably have, have beaten oh, it by next episode. Real quick, one thing I want to say is the dialogue in this game is really good. It's really funny it's, too. It is. One of the things Sindri, I really Sindri is one of the most yeah. underrated characters so far for me. I, I love him. One of the things I really love is they really make sure like you <laughs> they make sure you know it's a sequel, right? Like you go to the dwarves shop to get armor, and the dwarves go what happened to all the equipment we <laughs> we already built for you? And Kratos is just like, I broke it. <laughs> right? And then like when you're walking around um in the one dungeon, like they they recorded so many strangely specific lines of dialogue for this game to where like you'll backtrack and the like Atreus will be like, Oh, so we're going back here again? And like when you're rolling around with um, a third character and you go explore, he'll be like, oh, don't worry about him. He's just really thorough. And like, 
they keep referencing oh, yes, these things. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And and Atreus is like, he just, d- dad just likes to explore or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> how do they? So, yes, I'm smashing every chest in the area. Yeah. No. Yes, he the, likes to explore. The dialogue so is really fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yes. So um, I agree. I, after I got off, got through that beginning portion i my enjoyment of the game has been has been going up quite a bit yeah for me it's gotten better and better with each play session i'm i mean the story gets more and more interesting for me so looking forward to see where it goes god i there is one thing i don't one specific portion of the game that i'm not crazy about right and I wish I could talk to you about it, but you can probably <laughs> imagine you can probably imagine what I'm talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. So, all right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Anybody else have anything you'd like to add? Nothing for Coach. I I missed Coach. That's the one thing I want to add. Okay, I missed Coach. He's right too. there. How, how could you miss him? Well, I haven't I seen him in like too. eight years. He's not wearing camouflage. <laughs> My. <laughs> drawstrings are yeah his drawstrings on his hoodie oh, are camouflaged that's why, so we, that's unfortunately we can't see those two like four inch long strips on his chest that's right so. <laughs> that's why george missed you all right everyone well thank you for listening of course if you are listening this far you know where to find us but please share the show with your friends let them know where to find us if they're into games nerd culture all that good stuff please follow us on social media frame skip itself is on facebook twitter instagram at frame skip pod Coach is not on Twitter. Seth is. Seth, the 90s kid. Don't follow me. George is on Twitter at PurpleBird616. And I'm on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. So find us all there. And we will return soon enough with more gaming goodness. We'll see you next time. Adios. Goodbye. Amigos.